Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Twin Talk MN. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And today we have an amazing episode for you. But first, I want to tell you about this amazing podcast called Queer Dark. It is an amazing podcast all about comedy. If you're, And I definitely recommend looking up Queer And it's spelled Q-W-E-R-A-D-E-R-K-S. Again, that's Q-W-E-R-A-D-E-R-K-S. E-R-K-S. It is really, really funny. All the voices were made by two kids. One named Izzy and one named Akiva. Oh, wait, Akiva. He was on our podcast talking about hockey at the end of season one. He is a hilarious kid, and so is his partner, Izzy. It is an amazing podcast where I definitely recommend listening to Quirkadurks. And I would spell it again, but I don't really want to, and I already said it before. So make sure to listen to Quirkadurks if you like comedy. And who doesn't like comedy? I'm listening to it, and it's great. Now, let's get started with Twin Talk MN. Andrew, what is going on in the MLB? Yeah, Ryan, the MLB luckily is taking steps forward to take COVID out of its game plan. The Marlins and Phillies are back. The Phillies had its first game last night against the Yankees. Now, it's not really saying much since the Phillies got killed behind Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge, but still, they played. That's good. That is what matters. And the Marlins had off to yesterday, but should be playing today if all goes well, which we really hope that it does. But sadly, the St. Louis Cardinals, as some of you may know, had a small COVID outbreak er- er- late last week, and they thought that they would be okay for this short for this long series against the Tigers. But sadly, they are not. The entire series just got postponed. Ryan, what do you think the MLB should do? Do you think they should just wait, go on and on? Um, off and on and off and on about playing, or you think they should just completely um, stop St. Louis, wait a week, and then bring them back? Personally, I think they need a hard and fast rule. You get positive tests, you are done for the week. Ron Manfred, I think, made his smartest decision of his entire life after shutting down the Marlins for a week. Personally, I can't stand Ron Manfred. I think he's one of the worst commissioners in all of sports history, but he actually made a decent decision where... He shut down the Marlins for a week, and I think he has to do that with the Cardinals. This was very smart of him, or whoever made this decision, it probably wasn't him, to not have the Cardinals keep on playing. When you have positive tests, you have to stop this virus. Be part of the solution, not part of the problem. If you want this virus to end, and you want baseball to go on normally, and you want the NFL, and you want to go back to your job, you've got to be part of the solution. And Rob Manfred is trying to be part of the solution. Yeah, thank you, Rob Manfred, for finally making the right decision. And in some more news in the MLB, Braves star pitcher Mike Svoka is done for the year, and and so is Shohei Otani, as both of them have small injuries. Um, But luckily, Shohei Otani can still bat this season. And Shohei Otani said that he had a small shoulder injury, so so he probably won't be pitching for the rest of the year. Mike Svoka last night had an okay performance against the Mets, giving up, I think, three or four or five runs in the third inning. And then landed awkwardly trying to field a ground ball and could not walk anymore. Couldn't put any pressure on his leg. So that's a small problem. And then later, um, people realized that he, I believe, tore his Achilles and will be out for the season. So sorry, Braves fans and sorry, Angels fans. But with the Angels, not really much to look forward to. (laughs) Very true, Andrew. Very true. But... Even with those two injuries, there are still other injuries. The The Rangers' amazing pitcher, Corey Kluber, did one start and got out for the season. 
Also, the Rangers' closer, Jose Lexler, pitched two games and then was out for the season. Andrew, why do you think so many pitchers are getting injured? What is going on? Well, I feel like I can't tell you anything for sure, but my guess is just that um, training camp was cut a little bit short, obviously, because of the coronavirus. And I don't know, maybe that's affecting some of the more veteran pitchers in saying that uh, you didn't have enough time to warm up or uh, you didn't stretch your bodies out enough, and maybe that is just not going well. Also, the Astros want probably the top pitcher in the league. Justin Verlander also got injured. And on the Rockies, their closer, Wade Davis, and their backup closer, all injured. There are so many pitchers being injured, but hopefully no more pitchers get injured because nobody likes an injury. Now, Andrew, the NBA bubble is still going well, and a lot of teams are doing what we expect. But one team that we just really don't know about is the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, they probably have the top central in in the league, and Joel Embiid, and one of the best slashers in the league, and Ben Simmons. They also have a lot of great other veterans. But I just feel like, can they really put the team chemistry together? The 76ers might be the most talented team in the entire league. They have the good players. They have the coach. Just can they put it together? Andrew, do you think they can? In my opinion, no. Yes, they do have great players on paper, in Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons. But, sorry, I just feel like with what, I just feel like Ben Simmons, yes, he does play point guard, now maybe power forward, I don't know, but I just feel like he's such a big guy that I feel like his ball hitting skills, in my opinion, might just start falling off a cliff. Obviously, Joel Embiid, Al Horford, um, big centers, not really ball handlers, can't really um, facilitate the game, just kind of get the ball, just kind of take guys deep. And then you have Tobias Harris, who is a great shooter and a pretty good, helpful person on the team, averaging about 10, 12, 15 points a game. But I just feel like for that team, I feel like with those guys, as in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I feel like you really need an assist man. And yes, Simmons is a pretty good assist guy, but sorry, he's not a true point guard. A true point guard, in my opinion, is a guy who doesn't really score a lot of points, doesn't really slash, but just is an all-out assist man who gets triple-doubles a lot, like Russell Westbrook or now Nikola Jokic. But, I don't know, I feel like they did pick up Josh Richardson in the offseason in exchange for kind of uh, Jimmy Butler, but I don't know. Vine, do you really think the 76ers are going to be the team to beat in the next couple of years, or do you think they might just fall off a cliff? I think they might just fall off a cliff. I mean, right now, they're start, you're, their young guys are good, but veterans Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, and Al Horford will probably all retire in the next 10 years, especially Al Horford might even retire this offseason. And Ben Simmons is definitely getting better. And I think in five years, he might be the face of the league and the, one of the best players in NBA history. But Joel Embiid, I feel like, some of his anger can really get to him. I mean, everyone remembers that fight he had with Carl Anthony Towns. And Joel Embiid has been in a couple of fights. And I feel like they've re- he's really got to work on that anger problem because if he wants to p- play for a long time, he's got to keep that under control. Now let's get to the NFL. Andrew, the Vikings have done some pretty interesting stuff recently. What is it? Well, the Vikings have just made a small trade, not really that colossal, with the Oakland, with the Las Vegas Raiders for um, a defensive tackle named P.J. Hall for the Vikings' seventh round pick. The Vikings signed Hall to a very short deal, just long enough so that they can fill in for the opted out um, Michael Pierce, who, as we know, opted out of the season. Um, Hall most, most likely won't start many games for us. But just providing some depth at the defensive tackle um, position. 
And also, if we have any injuries or we have a very long game, if we need Hall to come in, he will most likely provide. And also, on the topic of trades, the Vikings signed their um, kept is are keeping their trade master around in Rick Spielman. The Vikings just signed him through 2023, and that is really good news for the Vikings. Yep, Rick Spielman is the Vikings' general manager. He, which means he handles the trades, the draft picks, and tells the coach mostly what to do. He has been looked at as, I wouldn't say one of the best, but I also wouldn't say one of the worst. He has been looked at as one of the craziest general managers. Not crazy like he does dumb things, just he loves to trade. He makes so many picks, trades for draft picks every year. The Vikings have one pick in each round. I don't think there's been a single year where Rick Spielman has been the GM where that is even close to true. Rick Spielman loves a trade, and I do too, so I love Spielman, and I love this signing of Rick Spielman long-term. He has had some amazing draft picks and amazing trades. Andrew, what do you think of the signing of Rick Spielman long-term? Andrew? I think that is great. I feel like he's really going to be our guy. I feel like if we need a trade, he'll get it done. If we just need to keep our team, he can keep these guys around. I didn't exactly love what he did with our defense this year, letting many, many guys go. But I thought what he did with the draft picks was just a great job. I really just think he did a great job. Now, just before we get to our story, Ryan, let's talk about the Twins. The Twins had a pretty good game last night. When Nelson Cruz hit a walk, got a walk-off hit for the Twins to beat the Pirates. Yes, being a Pirate doesn't really sound that good, especially on the walk-off hit. But the Twins were down early after a bad performance by Lewis Thorpe. And I know, Ryan, the Twins have lost Homer Bailey and Jake Odorizzi to the 10-day IL. And Lewis Thorpe, Randy Dobinock, Devin Smeltzer. Ryan, think these guys can hold up, or do you think Twins might just, I don't know. Well, I think, is in the words of Andrew Steinberg, they might just, I don't know. The Twins are really struggling on the pitching side. Jose Barrios is not looking like an amazing pitcher. In both of his starts, he has really struggled. And also with the Twins pitching Dobnock, yes, he's been pretty good, but he can't go for very long, which means we're going to need to use the bullpen for about five innings. Kent Maeda is doing amazing. He can pitch seven innings pretty perfectly. But then in game four of our starting rotation, it just has to be a bullpen game, which means we need the bullpen for nine innings. And in the last game, we, we have Rich Hill, who can maybe go three innings. Who Then we need the bullpen for the rest of the game. The bullpen, the bullpen, the bullpen. Luckily for the Twins, the bullpen has been great this season, as in when we played um, a very tough game against the Indians in our final game of the series. We had a complete bullpen game after we learned that very soon Homer Bailey wasn't going to play, and the Twins didn't have time to start Vandy Dobnak or Devin Smeltzer. They had a great bullpen game, just going the entire game. Tyler Clipper pitched, Devin Smeltzer pitched, and just great game. So yes, I don't love bullpen games. I've never liked them, but I feel for the Twins... Might be kind of good for us. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not at all saying that our bullpen is bad. I'm just saying that we're using it so much that we might be overworking some people's arms. And when we really need them, when when we get into a tight game at the end, they some of them won't be ready. Or instead of pitching a scoreless inning, they might give up one or two runs, which is not acceptable for a team like the Twins that is really trying to make a deep run in the playoffs. I feel like we need to maybe add a starter. I mean, that's what the signings of Kent Maeda, Rich Hill, and Homer Bay were supposed to do. And that is not working. Now, here we go. This is probably the biggest coincidence in sport history. And you might want to turn down your volume because I will get pretty loud. 
Okay, now, this is an insanely crazy coincidence in the MLB. Here are the names of three Major League Baseball players in the late 1990s. Now, try to remember these names, but it's completely fine if you don't. I will say them again. Vladimir Guerrero Sr., Craig Biggio, and Dante Bichette. Again, those names are Vladimir Guerrero, Craig Biggio, and Dante Bichette. Now, let's learn a little bit more about those three men. First, Vladimir Guerrero. Vladimir Guerrero played for the Montreal Expos, Los Angeles Angels, and other teams. He was a very talented player, and in 1999, he had a son named Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who as a kid loved baseball like his dad, and in high school was so talented, he got a college scholarship and went to the MLB and was drafted to the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, the second man is Craig Biggio. Craig played for the Houston Astros in the late 90s. He was a great player, and in 1995, he had a son named Kavan Biggio, who as a kid loved baseball like his dad, and in high school was so talented, he got a college scholarship and went to the MLB and was drafted to the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, another man is Dante Bichette, who played for the Rockies in the 1990s, and in 1998 had a son named Bo Bichette, who as a kid loved baseball like his dad, and in high school was so talented, he got a college scholarship and went to the MLB and was drafted to the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh my God! Three men who played in the 90s all had sons in the late 90s. All three of the kids followed their dad. All three went to the MLB and all Three of their kids played for the Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is crazy. This is such a big coincidence. Three men who all played in the 90s, who barely knew each other, had all three had kids within a five-year span who all played in the MLB for the same team. Oh, my God. This is absolutely crazy. Nutso. All three of the kids are very good, and all three of their dads were pretty good. The Guerreros were definitely the best of the group. Vladimir Guerrero Sr. is one of the best MLB players of all time, and his son, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., is probably the best out of the bunch right now, and is becoming one of the best players in the league. Um, Craig Biggio was an amazing MLB player for the Astros, and his son um, is very, very good in Kavan Biggio for the Blue Jays. But the Bichettes were not as good. Craig, er, sorry, um, Dante Bichette, who played for the Rockies, the dad, he was not very good. And his son, Bo Bichette, is amazing, though. So that is really a great story. And oh my god, now here's Andrew. I am still in shock, and I'm going to try to collect my thoughts. Oh my god. Yeah, Ryan, just crazy. Just what a huge coincidence. But what's not a coincidence is the birthday of one of the best pitchers in MLB history, Roger Clemens. Clemens was a great pitcher, spending most of his career with the Yankees and Red Sox. And I may not like him a hundred a lot for that, but I do like that he was a very nice person and he was just a great guy. A funny story about Roger Clemens is that one year he was, is that one year he was, he got to the All-Star game because obviously she's a great pitcher. And since he was an AL pitcher, he basically never batted unless they were going to an end up in ballpark, which was very, 
very didn't happen that much in those days. But in the All-Star game, it was on NL Teams Field, so he had to bat. So he comes up to bat in one of the innings, and obviously he's batting last because he's a pitcher. And he comes up to bat, and he's facing a very good fastball pitcher. So he waits, gets ready, puts his bat up. Pitch comes in. It's probably about 95, 96, 97 mile an hour fastball. And Clemens doesn't even move the bat off his shoulder. Just goes, wow. Turns around, goes into the catcher and the umpire and goes, do I throw that fast? And they both say, oh, yeah, you throw super fast. And from that day on, Roger Clemens made sure to pitch as fast as he could every single pitch. So just remember, if you never learned anything in your life, just remember, always throw as fast as you can. Now, before we end, Ryan and I, as usual, will predict one game for the day, some great NBA games and some great MLB games, but we are just going to choose one, the White Sox versus the Brewers. It is Lucas Giolito for the White Sox, their ace, and Brandon Woodruff for the Brewers, also their ace. Ryan, who do you have winning this game? Personally, I just have to pick the Chicago White Sox. I mean, Lucas Giolito is one of the top pitchers in the league, and even though the White Sox hitting doesn't look great on paper, boy, it's great on the field. Their hitting has been amazing between the amazing veterans and the great young players. And the Brewers look like they'd be amazing hitters on paper, but they are really struggling to get the bat on the ball this season. So I've got to go with the Chai White Sox. Yeah, I definitely think the White Sox are probably the obvious choice, but I just have to say, don't count the Brewers out. I mean, I'd say they have a great bullpen if Woodruff can get them six strong innings. Then the hater, Knable, shut the White Sox down. Also, I feel like with the Brewers, you can never seriously count them out with Christian Yelich, Kasten Huera, yes, Alonso Kane did opt out, but also Omar Narvaez, Justin Smoke. I just feel like with that lineup, yes, I wouldn't exactly say it puts them in a position to win every game, but I'd say even in games where they're down 9-0 in the bottom of the ninth, two outs, doesn't matter who's up, they could still get that valley going. So my vote does go to the White Sox, but never count the Brewers out. And just remember that our next episode will be coming out in two short days on August 6th, where Ryan will be telling one of the craziest stories, even, no, no, not as crazy as the Baby Blue Jays, but almost as crazy. Probably the best female tennis player currently, and you can, I'll give you 100 guesses, you will never guess how old she is. Yes, start thinking of those guesses, because you won't get it. And again, you're listening to Twin Talk MN.